Okay, so it's Friday the 6th of November, not not uh, bonfire night at all. It's John Fleming and Kate Copstick. It's the Grouchy Club podcast being recorded in Mama Beer Shara Shop in London, uh, which is very noisy, but you'll ignore all the background noises. Uh, Africans I've dying. turned off the music. Africans dying, all that sort of stuff. We don't care. Really. Now, I had something that I wanted to talk to you about. I've oh, kind of forgotten what it is. I, I thought we could talk about writing. Also, ah, no, also yes. you might want to talk about Cal- Calvin Winter, who, who is about to be buried, because ah. he's being buried at five o'clock in uh, New York, which is ten o'clock our time, and it's now about uh, six o'clock. such a shock. It was, yes. Uh, because uh, when I, I talked to him, I've been vague, so I'm, I'm allegedly one of his uh, consultants. At, uh, yes, I know, I read that. Very exciting. Well, I didn't know you were a consultant, John. What a consultant means is that he would phone me up at like 8.30 in the morning, UK uh-huh. time, with some ludicrous idea or some question. Uh-huh. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, this is 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning in New York, what's he doing? Mm. And then you ramble on for hours on end and ask me a question. Uh, and very, very entertaining, very nice conversation. Uh, and uh, I'd give him some advice. Uh, which he, I heard no more. So oh, I remember when he came. The Calvin Winter is a fringe theatrical entrepreneur, a New York-based, but uh, heavily known at the Edinburgh Fringe. He was always so kind of, you know, New York pizzazzy. Even yes. even if yeah. he was only putting on, you know, two glove puppets and a performing dog, he made everything seem kind of big time. Yeah, uh, I I uh, I particularly loved it when he took over. The green room. I mean, in fact, he started the green room. Oh, he started some, the, with some Edinburghians, uh, uh, and it was there was a house cocktail. I mean, nobody in it, nobody. But there was a house <laughs> cocktail, and it just he, he just had pizzazz. Yes, he, he wanted to succeed. He wanted to be sort of big time, uh, which was just fine. That's great. And I went to New York, and he showed me around the theatre that he was running there—a phenomenal space. Mm. Just a glorious space. Is it the green room on, on Bleecker Street? On Bleecker Street, or, or, yes. Or, 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 or Bleecker Street, I think, was the main And didn't it, yeah. you know, just such a great, yeah. great area. I mean, full of life, as, as, it, as, as it was, was, was Calvin. But when I first met him, I think when anyone first met him, you thought, this is a bullshit artist. Yes. Because he was so, sort of, so much the salesman. In fact, he wasn't really. He was, he was a very nice uh, man who really, as far as I'm aware, wasn't ripping anyone off because nope. he, he saw himself as a performer. Yeah. Because when he started the Green Room in, I think, 2007, uh, I, I was helping Janie Godley put on a chat show. Uh, and, uh, and he was one of the guests. We had three guests on or something this, this day. And you could see he was really enjoying being on stage, being a guest yeah. and, being, and being considered a creative person rather than a man in a suit who managed things. Because yes. his background was, was he was a performer, a dancer and all that sort of stuff. So Before which, he was some kind of high flyer on Wall Street. Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, he, I think he was a, a sort of performer. Then he was, as, as he says, I presume it's true, a high flyer on Wall Street. He seemed to have been around. So he, he, and then he, he claims he retired with lots of money and then uh, went back to being a creative person. But by this time, he had no hair. <laughs> but it was, I just thought... So he, he was very nice. I think Such he was... He, a shame. He was just so, as it, as it were, lively. And, and a, proper, a proper character yeah, yeah. and creative and, and he was always there. You know, you know what I mean? He was, he was always there mixing it in with everybody mm. and hanging around. And so, you know, if anything went wrong with any of his acts or in, in, when it was his venue, he was there. Uh, um, I was very, very... And do we, do we know what happened? No, because I was told by someone in New York who wanted to remain anonymous for some bizarre reason. Uh, and uh, he didn't know how, why Calvin had died, but I presume it was uh, cancer, because uh, 
the first I knew there was any problem with Kelvin was I, I phoned him up, or I Skyped him and phoned him up uh, about, uh, it's in my, my increasingly prestigious blog in September sometime, and then he told me this, this story about being attacked by a dog a year before, yes. which I knew nothing about, which is, if you read my blog, it's absolutely horrendous. I, I mean, did read your blog. I mean, seriously and it horrendous. Was absolutely horrendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was horrendous. And then about a month or less later, he then sort of somehow, oh, no, that's right, at the end of that chat, he somehow dropped into conversation that he was going for, like, about, uh, I think he was having his jaw x-rayed or something to see if he had cancer. But it said he, that it was benign. Yeah, and then the next day, it was benign. So, so in fact, he, he went to see the specialist. The specialist said it wasn't a problem. Uh, and this, I think, was the third time he, he possibly had cancer. Uh, so it was also three bites of the cherry, and he, he was lucky each time. And then, like, about an, another few weeks on, uh, I, I get in touch with him, and he, he's had this... Uh, oral operation mm. uh, and I, I didn't like to ask too many gory details I mean presumably sort of jaw throat all that sort of stuff because the picture of him has him sort of yeah. um, uh, like a massive collar and yeah, padding yeah and... yeah yeah uh, but then uh, as far as I remember I can't remember the my memory is shit but um, I think I think I talked to him on or by email I think I talked to him on the Saturday Sunday and then uh and that was shortly after the operation, like a couple of days after the operation. Mm. And he said he was—he he might be able to talk to me on the Tuesday, obviously, because it was a, a, yep. a, an oral operation. He had trouble speaking, and this was done by um, email. So possibly after the Tuesday, he could have a chat with me. So I just left him and thought, oh, well, you know, get in touch with me when, when, when you're okay and you, when you're recovered. He said it was a slow recovery. And then apparently he died on the Thursday. Uh, it was his last Thursday, this being Friday, so eight days ago. Uh, so, I mean, certainly on, on like the, the Saturday, Sunday, he didn't show any signs of thinking that he might imminently be dead. Well, no. And, and then uh, he, he, in fact, thought he might be well enough to talk to me uh, on the Tuesday, and he died on the Thursday. So either, either the operation was a, a spectacular failure, or uh, he died as some sort of post-operative problem, uh, which would also be to do with cancer. Or, I mean, someone suggested... That perhaps he had a heart attack because I mean he's, 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 he was seriously injured by the dog and then he's, he's had three goes at cancer each, each of which time he's lucky then mm. he, and he, he must suddenly have had to have that operation because he he, he was he found the the, the the first time I talked to him it, it was benign mm. and suddenly he's just had an operation so that must have been very sudden and urgent mm. so he, his body might just have sort of given up and had a heart attack but I don't know the answer Crikey. Uh, anyway, so it's happening in, uh, where are we, four hours' time. Yeah. Um, uh, in, I, don't know what I hope they give him a wonderful send-off. I hope so. I don't know what it says. It, internment, uh, apart from the IRA, I don't know yeah. what internment means in America. Uh, it sounds to me... Burial. Do you think it means burial? To or is inter it, or is, is to bury. Is it, or is this some sort of crypt and he bung a coffin? Ah. With, because he was being interred with his family. Oh, right. Well, it will be a family... So must, crikey. Posh. So it must be like some sort of Victorian yeah. tomb or something into which... Well, in fact, Malcolm Hardy was, was put into a tomb. Uh, really? Yes, because everyone thinks he was, he, was, he was burnt and scattered on the Thames. Yeah. But in fact, his, his ash, he, was, he was ashed. His ashes were actually interred in a sort of crypt thing. Gosh. Uh, anyway, there you go. There crept you into the crypt, crapped yeah. and crept out again. Indeed. So, so and very poetic too. And, and <laughs> not, not altogether a comedy uh, podcast, not all the time. Sometimes, no, sometimes indeed. It's not. Well, wherever you are, Cal, yeah. I hope you've got a very, very good whiskey. And a very, very fat cigar. Because that's how I always think of it. Yeah. And he's very kind, because I remember one, once when I went up to the Edinburgh Fringe, uh, I, I was travelling up on my birthday. I was actually driving up on my birthday. 
uh, and Cal found this out and had arranged a surprise party for Aww. me. Uh, the trouble was, I'd had a terrible time on the motorway, and I was like about five or six hours late or something, uh, uh, and was in no condition. Not in to, party mood. Not in no condition to actually talk to anyone. They were all Americans anyway, it was a nightmare. Oh, I had, dear. To, had to stay with about six Americans. No, never, never, never to be encouraged. Appalling. Con- constantly eating meat, raw meat, and uh, being very macho, males. Nah. Anyway, there you go. It must have been a relief to share a flat with me last year. Uh, or I, this year, rather. Yeah. I barely noticed you. <laughs> um, now, moving on to, I'm not really writing, but I understand that uh, you... Africans have arrived. Africans have arrived. That um, you went to see David Mills' new show. Oh, yes. Which I think sounds like a jolly... Slightly... I'm slightly worried that the, the whole concept of work in progress seems to be taking over from work that I've actually polished a bit. Because everyone's up in Edinburgh doing work in progress shows. There's any number now of uh, new material nights. No, there used to be old rope, uh, but now there's new material nights all over the place where you go, well, this might be a bit shit, but yeah, it's new. Yeah. Old rope being a show. Yeah. And now David is doing a, a, a show which is... People do new material, and then he discusses it with them. Is it brilliant? No, you have sprung this on me. You know I have, I have absolute shit memory. Yep. So, so it's actually David Mills and, and a guy called Jonathan, who's, whose surname, tragically, I've forgotten. OK, Jer- D- David and John. David and Jonathan. Jonathan, yeah, yeah. How very biblical. T- t- terribly sorry, Jonathan. And it was the two of them. And so uh, they each uh, do a bit of their material, and then they had, I think it was three people, including Sarah Franken, doing uh-huh. doing new material. So yes. uh, when, you, when you think of new material, you think of down market sort of beginners. Yeah. In fact, they had very, very classy acts. Really? <laughs> I can't remember. Fine, good. <laughs> but but of, of the level of Sarah Franken. So Sarah Franken was doing the Sarah Franken bit. Uh, and uh, Well, Sarah would do the Sarah Franken bit, but it knew Sarah Franken bit, yes, new material. Yes, new. Well, in fact, he explained afterwards, in fact, she, she. she explained afterwards that she had... Uh, Sorry, Sarah. ...started off with some old stuff, ended with some old stuff, and then in the middle put in the new stuff, just to feel safer that way. Mm. But fast, very, very good. Yeah, so... Uh, and then they discuss it. Yeah, so a per, per, person does, uh, does their, whatever it was, 10 minutes or 15 minutes, then they sit down on three chairs with Jonathan and... Uh, David. The very same, uh, and the, the other person in the middle, and they... It, it, it felt a bit... No, it felt to me a bit like the Comedians, Comedian bro, uh, Podcast, mm-hmm. which is interesting, because I've never actually heard the Comedian Comedians mm-hmm. Podcast, but it sounded a bit like that. So it was actually comedians talking seriously about comedy to other comedians. Uh, and I wasn't quite sure it came off, because the trouble was, these comedians had done their ten minutes of, of adrenaline-fuelled new mm. material, and then they had to sit down and, as it and were... And dissect it. And, and put on another Wurzel Gummidge head, I, I thought. That, right. uh, I mean, because after you've done the, I'm not a performer. After you've done the performance, you're not necessarily in the best condition to. Uh, oh, for God's sake, John, pull yourself together. It's only ten minutes. Yeah, well, I don't, it was. Only, but it was, you know, it's hardly the comedic Macbeth, is it? They're doing ten minutes of new material that they're kicking around, maybe with a little bit of old stuff, start and finish. You know, they're hardly wringing the very last drops of of creative juice from their comedic souls, are they? There speaks the most frightening review for the Scotsman during the Edinburgh Fringe. You know, it's, it's not rocket science. <laughs> and, but I say that as an, I don't know what the psychology of performing is, but... Uh, Ego, it, maybe. It, 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 no, it seemed to me that there might be a slight problem there. That maybe they should have... I don't know how you do it. But it, it was a very, very interesting uh, evening. All, all the acts were very good, uh, and the audience was... was 
interesting because they asked who the audience were and the, the audience were, were genuine punters. They thought the audience oh. might be other comedians. But, I think they, but that was the first one, wasn't it? That was the first one. So I would think that the audience will, de- will yes. develop a, yeah. a lot more comedians will go and see it once they know it's there and that it's happening and that it's good. Yeah, yeah. So, so it could develop into the second best uh, chat thing in, in, in London. After, yeah, after, after us. After the Grouchy Club. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a live one next Tuesday. Live one happens. next Tuesday. In the, in the very place we're doing this, the uh, Mama Beer Shara shop in uh, Shepherd's Indeed. Bush. Now, we are, we are um, growing in uh, something or other. I got uh, a text from somebody asking if they could come along and do a turn. Ooh. Yeah, in that it, uh, Luca Cupani. Is that an impression of a seabird? No, that's no. Tern. Ah, this is Tern, oh, oh. you see. Tern, um, uh, So Luca and the lovely Irish chap he did last time. And um, so Chris McGlade would like to come along and do a few. Uh, quiet! Yeah. Um, uh, no effect was, at all. That was me asking for a little, uh, a little respect. Um, uh, what was I saying? The um, Chris McGlade. Chris McGlade, yes. Who the, I saw. Chris McGlade. Yeah, who I saw quite a few years ago, doing again. It's it's the marvelous opportunity. I think the marvelous opportunity is that the free fringe and the free festival in, um, give you to see, re- you know, real newbies. And I keep banging on about this, but you know, the first time I saw Ed Axel, he was doing ten minutes, and I went to see Chris McGlade, and he was doing about 20, 25 minutes, a very unreconstructed, old, um, you know, why I hate the government, kind of old-school tirade comedy, which I really liked. Um, uh, And so I gave him, you know, a a nice review, and he was very (coughs) chuffed and all that, and now he's gone on to marvellous things and done West End shows. Has he? Yeah. And um, he... uh, He's now working on some new material and wanted to know if you could come and hang some of it out to dry on the Grouchy Club. So I said, why, of course you can, next week. And he went, oh, crikey, that's a bit soon. So he's going to be joining us uh, in December. I didn't know we were coming apart. But um, I found, I saw another brilliant, two actually, wonderful comics who I'd never seen before, and uh, character comedy who, I just thought it was tremendous. The wonderful Sajila Kershi put on um, a comedy cottage. She does the comedy cottage out in Red <coughs> Hill mm. once a month. And last, uh, last week's comedy cottage was in aid of Mama Biashara. I got over 200 bras to take out to Kenya. And, God bless them, the audience uh, put 250 quid into my hat. My Camilla... Batman gives you money, hat. Um, and anyway, so the, it, was, it was a tr- tremendous bill. Um, Jada Garofalo was on it, and Christian Riley. Uh, who just, he's so smart, he's so clever. And he's, he's just, I don't understand why he's not huge. Anyway, I, there be, was you never know. two, um, thank you, John, two people that I'd never seen before uh, one was a character called uh, Ada Camp. <laughs> so Ada Camp, yes, uh, wonderful, absolutely brilliant, a, an incredible combination of wonderful character work, 
I mean, just a tremendous character. A character that you could easily have spent an hour with. Has to, has to be a gay act, surely, Aide de Camp. And uh, I'm giving nothing away because I'm hoping she'll come along and do a bit on the Grouchy Club. So am um, I, so I now. Uh, and uh, actually, at the end, brilliant magician, a very, very good actual magic trick, but the, her material, her written material, her, her jokes... Phenomenal. Very clever. Very classy. Three female magician. And her name is? Aide de Camp. Oh, so sorry. Aide de Camp. I to the second one, sorry. No, Aide yeah. de Camp. Um, just... Oh, book her immediately. Very, very... I thought she was tremendous. And the other one was a guy called uh, Nat... Nathan Tapley. Another name. And, again, character. Um, he, he normally does this kind of ghastly right-wing... MP type and uh, he did another character, I can't remember the first name Dar somebody darkly, but a very kind of a little bit like remember Rob Newman's character in the in the um, uh, the, the smoking jacket yeah, yeah. A, a little bit like that but but you're very dark very it was it was so clever beautifully done, beautifully written, beautifully performed. I really liked both of them. And as I say, the, certainly, uh, Ada, you, you could spend an hour in her company and just, it, you know, she wouldn't wear thin like a lot of characters do. She's, she's just tremendous. Well, I want to see that. Where, where does Ada live? London? Oh, you must. Yes, London. Um, I think... Well, she should be crouchy clubbing immediately. Well, she lives in uh, someplace near Red Hill. I can't. Uh, this, uh, I don't. I didn't. I just got on a train and went there, and it seemed to take an interminable <coughs> amount of time and stopped at loads of places I'd never heard of. And then it stopped at Redhill, and uh, but apparently she lives <coughs> someplace near Redhill. And um, Sajila had seen her at some kind of festival of feminist something or other, and um, it just. The, some of the, the cleverest, most beautifully crafted word <coughs> gags that I've heard in a long time. So but did, just fabulous. So did you like her? I, I thought she was quite good, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, well, yesterday I went to see... You really, you've never been to these shows. You really must go to Pull the Other One at some point. Ah, yes. Pull the Other One never, never misfires for some reason. I don't quite know why. And this is uh, uh, Martin Soane. This is Martin Soane. Martin puts on a monthly... Uh, last, I think it's the last Thursday of the month at, um, at the Nun's Head in Nunhead. Uh, but, in fact, he's also now started doing one at uh, a, a, an arts place opposite uh, Peckham Rye Station, and that was the one yesterday. Uh, Can I get to Peckham Rye on the tube? Uh, I don't know. You can certainly get to it on Thameslink, which is good for me as I'm on Thameslink. You see, I'm very much against I, I, having to change trains. I, I believe you can get to it on the tube, but I'm not very sure. But uh, it's I don't like changing trains. It panics me. Uh, indeed. Anyway, so it was a wonderful show last night because it was fireworks night. Uh -huh. and, and, uh, oh, my goodness. Was Chris Lynham there? You see, what an expert you are on these things. <laughs> because I got phoned up by Martin Soon about a couple of weeks ago saying, do you know anyone who does, does an act that has, has, involves uh, bangs and, and things? And so they had an, in, they had an in, indoors firework display. But it was a wonderful show because they had the first act they had done was Twisted Sisters, who I'd never seen before. Mm -hmm. Do you know Twisted Sisters? Mm -hmm. a, 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 a double act, female act, 
sort of you can sort of say it's mime act. And normally I don't normally like Malcolm Hardy. I think mime is a tragic waste waste of time, but it, mm-hmm. it was excellent. I mean, really, really good. But then even was be- it twisted? It was twisted, and I don't think they were sisters though. They were women. Right. They had okay. they had lady bumps. They were sisters. Okay. Uh, but that was followed by and having said I don't like mime, I'm mostly proving myself wrong. Was they had men in coats. I know men in coats. I, I saw them somewhere else recently. And they are just so. They're an international act. I mean, yeah, they're very clever. They're one of those acts who would have been on like. Um, uh, uh, they were up in Edinburgh quite a few years yeah, ago yeah, when they were yeah, just yeah, starting yeah. out. I mean, they should be very in, clever. They should be in Vegas because I mean they are. They very go clever. At, it was superb, absolutely yeah. superb. And then the third act, of course, was was Chris Lynham with an entire sort of a cacophony of bangs. I mean, it wasn't just a firework up the bum mm-hmm. from memory. I mean, there was, was thunder flashes, all sorts of things. Going <laughs> On. How uh, indeed, and, and uh, yes, and uh, and uh, of course, to the pièce de résistance, of course, was inevitably smoke alarms went off at the end after, uh, after, after the show had finished. Though. Excellent. Uh, which, in fact, is what happened at the Malcolm Hardy show in, in Edinburgh. Yes. But then we finished the show, and then after the show had finished, the, the smoke so had built up, so the alarms went off. So it's a perfect ending to a perfect night. Excellent. So there you go. So we've seen some good things. I, yeah. No, I I, um... I saw Jos Norris's show uh, on Monday, which was excellent. Of course, I can't remember anything about it, but it was excellent, <laughs> and he was excellent. I, I am the perfect audience, of course, as you yeah. all know, because I, as soon as I leave a room, I actually forget what I've seen, yeah. especially if it's jokes. You are the goldfish I am. of uh, yes. of comedy audiences. <laughs> no, but I am. I'll, I'll see a show, the most brilliant punchlines I've ever heard in my life. Think, oh, it is a brilliant punchline. Three minutes later, it's like watching the weather forecast. Three yeah. minutes later, can't remember a thing. Yeah. But it's yeah. great because you can just keep going back yeah. and going, yeah. oh, this yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. Walk out, come yeah. back yeah. in. Good grief, this is brilliant. Walk out, come back in. This is brilliant. <coughs> I mean, some act said to me he didn't know how I could actually go up with, with an act, which I did in the past, and watch it for like sort of 28 days on the trot. And the answer, of course, is I forgot. You forgot everything else. <laughs> anyway. Who was the act you took up? I went out, well, I went out with various people. I went out with Charlie Chuck and uh, Helen, uh-huh. Helen Keane and... Uh, uh, and you went to see them every day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I don't have any problem with that because it's a different performance every day. I mean, the, I don't know, it's just interesting to see people perform. Well, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a person who goes to see Italians perform in the Italian language, not understanding the language. I'm so, I? I'm, I, need to, I felt so ill the other day, uh, Wednesday, yeah. that I just, I just couldn't go. I really meant to... Yeah. Come and see the Italians, but I... I'm frightened to go too often in case you think I'm stalking them, because obviously, <laughs> obviously, obviously I'm not enjoying the jokes, because I don't know what they are. <laughs> but it's the, it's the, the, the whole... It's, it's... No, I think you can tell when something's... Well, no, I, I probably said this, I probably said this before on this, this this podcast, and I've certainly said it endlessly to people I know. That I mean, it's like watching abstract comedy because it's what it's watching a performance without actually any content because I've no idea what they're saying, mm. but I can I can feel the the build up. I can feel when they're approaching a joke. I can feel the delivery of the joke. I can see the reaction, and so you're actually watching the the pure performance without any yes, and, and any, any distraction of the content. <laughs> and you're watching the audience as well. It's, yeah, yeah. Well, you get a oh, little bit of a titter, yeah, yeah, more yeah, of a titter, yeah, yeah, belly yeah, laugh, now yeah, back to a titter. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, so you're not really sort of intellectually watching a comedy show. You're sort of feeling a comedy show. You, you feel the, mm. the the way, uh, and and because they're Western European, the the, the build up and everything, the intonation is all the same. So. The intonation of Spanish, yeah. Latin, whatever. Whereas, if you presumably, if you're watching a Chinese show like uh, Louise Ray, uh, you, you'd no idea what the hell is going on. It'd be like watching Chinese opera, no idea what's going on at all. Uh, very little, I think, in Chinese opera. I have seen Chinese opera, and it have was you? Very, very entertaining. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, now you see, I think that the racist police might no, be. It's as if you were there, trust might me. Be, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I only saw it under pure communism, of course. It was very smelly and loads of middle-aged workers in there. A Chinese comedy? Opera. So a Chinese opera? Yeah, it was in Beijing, Chinese opera. And people, middle-aged men, had obviously genuinely come there after work. Mm. They hadn't been forced to see it. It was, it was like, you know, watching a, well, it's a like farce in, or something. In, um, when you go and see opera in Italy, it's, uh, you know, there's whole families are there and they've brought their snacks with them and, some, you know, they sing along and, you know, there's, there's lots... I know all the things you're not supposed to hear because you're, they, they love it and it's, it's very... Uh, you know, if they, you know, people do encores, it, it's it's properly enjoyed rather than <coughs> appreciated, which is, I think, what happens here. Mm. I, I did see a music uh, uh, gig in uh, in Chongqing. I think that's the wrong pronunciation in China. Ask Louise Chongqing. I, I didn't. She said I was mispronouncing it. But, ah. uh, I think they may have changed the pronunciation, like Beijing and Peking. Ah. But uh, anyway, uh, I went to see this. This and it was a it was a I don't know about a three or four hour concert with lots of different uh, rock bands and singers on. And if they didn't like the the performance, they didn't clap. Absolute silence. If they liked it a lot, Scary. if they liked it a lot, they roared and cheered and stamped their feet. And if they liked it slightly, they sort of politely clap. But it was very honest. And it struck me that, in fact, it was. Wouldn't it be wonderful if if that was if these people? I, I I do think that, um, especially in Edinburgh, you know, audiences are frightened of not making any noise. Yes, I mean you. you you can tell by the delivery. It's again the delivery like the Italians. You can tell where the, the punchlines are, mm. and it, it's it's sort of like that in, in English language stuff that you know where you're supposed to laugh. Mm. If, you, if no one else is laughing, you feel obliged to laugh. Absolutely, and you absolutely know where the, it's like political speeches where you yes. know where you're supposed to clap. Yes, yes. Uh, whereas in, in this certainly this performance in China, I mean, <laughs> you knew knew if you hadn't gone down well. I mean, you really knew. Fantastic. I think that'd be wonderful. I mean, just, it, was, you know, it should be a notice. Please, you know, uh, react. Honestly, yeah. and if you don't feel like, like there was a, it'd be, it'd be like watching a Rod Stewart concert. It's a one song doesn't get any applause. Mm. Sorry, Karen. There was a, I, I was listening um, because I'm a huge fan of Rob Newman's. I was listening to his radio series last night, and um, very nice smoking jacket. There was a, a bit where uh, Jenny, it's a, a Jenny Murray was kind of being the voice of the book. And there was this... He's, Jenny Murray being a Radio 4-type uh, established voice. And um, it's, uh, it, it's yet again one of his evolutionary shows. And um, he was going on and on and on, and, and Jenny kept popping up going, that's 15 seconds and no laughs, Rob. <laughs> 20 seconds. <coughs> Tick-tock. Still no laughs. It was... Quite sort of self-referential, but it was it was it was quite funny. Brilliant, brilliant series, which is now finished. But comedians do, obviously, for obvious reasons. Comedians do want to hear laughter, and they they can be enjoyed without laughter. In fact, a lot Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I've, I've sat through shows where the, I knew the audience was really enjoying it, like I was, yep. and then afterwards the comics said to me, "Oh, I didn't go down well." And I said, "You did, you did. It was just that you were saying you were so fascinating that they didn't want to interrupt yeah. the laughter." Are you a laugher out louder when no, you're an audience? No, tell, no, I'm, I'm a terrible audience because I, apparently I'm a, quite a good smirker, but uh, no, I, I don't laugh out loud. And for some reason, it's to do with television. I'm not quite sure why that you don't mm. laugh on the floor. I mean, I, uh, I just. I'm an appalling audience, yeah. unless... I mean, now, 
and, and I don't know why it irritates me, but I kind of have started to feel a bit sorry for them. <laughs> but left to my own, you know, what's it? Lights, device, no, whatever. What I what I tend to do is is sit and go. Oh, that's very funny. In you know an internal monologue. That very clever. <laughs> yeah, that's a trouble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and. And absolutely love something, yeah. but still not laugh out loud. And sometimes when you feel sorry for a performer, and so you do the I will laugh out loud and hope that other people, you know, once I've taken the bare look off them, as my gran would say, uh, they will laugh too. Yeah. That gets in the way, because you're, you're feeling obliged to laugh. Um, because I, I, I think quite a lot of comics now... I. They've, it's like they, their laughter is their right, and they get quite peaked if people don't laugh. And they, then they start addressing the audience and asking why they're not laughing, and then it all just goes horribly wrong. I don't, I don't know that out loud laughter is a natural thing. Well, I think it is because it's, it's because there's various reasons for laughing, isn't it? One, one of them is just surprise. Embarrassment. Well, no, no, I, 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 no, this is very boring, but there you go. Uh, but sometimes people say, I'm, I can be funny. Obviously, they've misguided people. You, John. Indeed, you. yes, indeed. But sometimes I can make people laugh. Uh, so if I'm with another person, I'll make them laugh. And then later on, they'll repeat what happened to someone else. Oh, John was very funny today. Yeah. He said X, mm. Y, or Z. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, don't do this, because it's not funny. Mm. Ah, but that, John, you see, it's the way you tell them. Well, no, but the, the reason people have laughed is because I, I can say something quite quickly, and it's the shock of it's the shock of the speed of my response that makes them laugh, not because it's actually funny. I don't know how we got into this, but I mean, I'm, that, not, I'm not sure. But, no, but, but it, that, that's that's one of the reasons that people laugh. It's just surprise and shock, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean that's that's back to uh, what, a little what we were talking about last time, which was so, something said out loud live mm-hmm. in the moment. Uh, either yes. repeated yeah. or yeah. written down or whatever, yeah. and therefore <coughs> analysable yeah. is yeah. is not yeah. the same thing. I mean, the reason this came to mind was was David Mills, uh, who, ah, yes. who, who was doing new material, and he and the trouble is I can't repeat it because of course it's stealing his act if I repeat it. You mustn't do that. But he he he, he was telling an anecdote. A tr- he he was saying he's trying more and more to. In- include himself in the material right which he hasn't done before mm-hmm. uh, because he thinks that's an interesting idea and so he was telling a story about the way people react to him and it was very 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 funny the, the whole audience thought it was funny i thought it was funny and afterwards he was saying i said oh that was very funny afterwards he said yes i have to add in more more jokes and i was thinking well you don't really mm. because although he didn't get that many laughs it was because they, they were sort of chuckling internally yes. and because they were satisfied with the story and it was it was absolutely genuinely intellectually fascinating what he was saying and that's and you can do a 60 minute comedy show yes. and if it's intellectually uh, stimulating and fascinating uh, it doesn't really need three laughs a minute and it, i because I, I think one of the things that comics need to remember is the show is for the audience you know, and if the audience are loving it quietly, that's fine. You know, out loud laughter is really for the comic to reassure him or her that they're, they're doing tremendously well and the audience absolutely adore them and are hanging on their every word. But, you know, it, it's... If an audience just wants to sit and 
Uh, I mean, because some comics will say, oh, smiling's no use to me. Well, I'm not here for you. I'm here for me. I've paid money to sit and enjoy this show however I choose to enjoy this show. Yeah, it is difficult to, to react to an audience that you can't read, though, isn't it? You can't read them very easily if they don't laugh. Well, you should be able to if you're a professional performer. Yeah. But you, you don't need laughter. No, of and course I, you don't. I'm talking which I sold Lewis Schaefer the other day. Excellent. How's Lewis doing? <laughs> Excellent. I was, it's a long story, but anyway, I was, I was down in, in his area, his neck of the woods, and I was going to go around and see him, and he sent me a text saying, oh, I can't meet you at the pub, uh, because I have, I have, I have a car is in the house. The car is in the house? Well, you know, he said, car is in the house, and, and I thought, what? And I said, what? In, in a text I mean, I've heard of bad parking, but I thought, generally yeah, speaking, yes. people said it was uh, women that uh, can't park. Yeah, and then, uh, and then they, I had to text him saying, what? And he said, oh, Carnegie, my son is in the house. He was looking after Carnegie. Carnegie? His so son is called leave. Carnegie? It's, yeah, named after a library, I suspect, yes. Oh, <laughs> and my the, And the poor God. man, Carnegie, Sh- Carnegie Schaefer. It's, 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 it's oh, that's tragic. That's virtually child abuse. <laughs> I can't remember what the other one's called, because you've got two, hasn't he? I think the other one might be called Queen Elizabeth II. Bodilian, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I brought it up. It was just a way to insult poor old Lewis. Oh. And Lewis is also... Last time I saw Lewis before that, I'd suggested that what he should do is he should do like some one minute or 90 second or two minute videos every single day. Because again, he's a man who doesn't actually need to have laughs and yeah. jokes because he's, he's like a Wikipedia. He's just mm. very interesting and entertaining. And if he, if he actually did that every day, then he might get picked up on. And so he started doing that without telling me. And indeed without telling anyone else. He's saying, I get very few hates. And I said, have you actually told anyone about it? And he said, no. And I think this might, might be connected, those two facts. Right. Oh, yes, his, his little... Because you did one, didn't that's you? That's right, because that's I did one in his stairwell after I'd seen him, after I'd met Carnegie for the second time. Oh, Carnegie for the second <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, maybe it works in America. I don't know. Maybe... Well, he's one of the greatest... Probably the greatest philanthropist... Well, no, America's ever known. He's bought me a, a good few... Scottish guy. He's... Not Lewis. Well, he's bought me a few meals. I think that's going a bit Not far. Not Lewis <laughs> Carnegie. Um, as in the Carnegie Hall, as in know, all the Carnegie. And, and he was a... from Dunfermline. Oh, was he? Because I... It was long, long time ago. Long time ago. Uh, I did, for about three or four years running, I did pantomime. Oh, no, I directed didn't. pantomime at the Carnegie Hall. And I didn't tell people it was the Carnegie Hall Dunfermline, <laughs> which was the original Carnegie Hall. Uh, I just went, I'm panto at Carnegie Hall, and just let people think what they wanted. Well, is it, is it uh, Radio City Music Hall, or is it Carnegie in, in, uh, in uh, America, where there's actually a small, a small version, a small room, so you can actually play like Radio City Music Hall, but you only play to like 50 uh, people oh, or like something? Oh, the, like the, is it the Elgar Room at... Um, the Royal Albert Hall. Yeah, yeah. The, yes. But, but no one's picked up on that yet. Everyone should be playing the Elgar Room at the Albert Hall because then they can say they played play the Royal Albert Hall. Americans yeah. will be terribly impressed. Oh, very. It's impressive. like saying I, I, I had a, a three-week season at the Leicester Square yeah. Theatre. Yeah. And everyone assumes it's this vast sort of three thousand seater. Uh, I did um, one year when I uh, I was taking my the one woman show around. We actually put on some of the posters <laughs> direct uh, from the West End. Mm. The fact that it was Glasgow's West End was really neither here nor there. We'd, I'd been playing in <coughs> Halibies, a whole food, a whole, a whole food restaurant, vegetarian restaurant, in the West End of Glasgow. So we just put 
direct from the West End. And indeed, the West End of Glasgow is very classy. Well, that, well, Although no, these, not, th- these things are comparative. I yeah, mean, exactly. Well, compared to Beirut, but, for example. Um, <laughs> it was... Uh, it's Sorry, Beirut. Everybody, um, I think, does little bits of that. Um, oh, it's perfectly justified. It's like sort of on, on Edinburgh Post is quoting last year's reviews. Yes. To, to, totally different show. Totally different show, yes. Yeah, well, you can't do anything else, but I mean, also, it's perfectly reasonable. And I mean, people. No, it's not perfectly reasonable saying you no, take the not. West End. What? <laughs> the West, direct from the West End. <laughs> I mean, you know, if people can't go, well, other cities other than London have a West End. Well, if you're clever enough to do it, you deserve to be seen, obviously. <laughs> but um, I've, I've, it does irritate me when I'll see, I see on posters reviews that I gave someone in 2001. Mm. And you go, well, you know, you have deteriorated horribly since then. We all have. I think, well, some of us... Do you think you're deteriorating? Oh, I'm deteriorating. You're on the up. Every time I meet you now, you seem to be better than last time. It's the drugs. Well, you, you seem to have stopped taking the worst of the drugs or the best of the drugs. Uh, no, I'm still on the, the steroids and everything. And Well, the Olympics are coming up. Uh, you be a Russian the, athlete. Uh, good old tramadol. Uh, uh, but, um, no, it's, it's um, not too bad just now, actually. Well, we, we, we were hurtling towards a really good climax there. Uh, I know. And then now we've, we've taken now it down the tramadol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, right, yeah. let's try hurtling. Let's try and climax again. Yeah. Will we climax together? I don't know. We'll have to see about that. What, what do you think the odds are at my age? I think it... Wow. I think it's minimal. <laughs>